spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Tonight on No Fucking ZD, we're talking about canned peaches, liking a Spitfire type, and living for today. Sounds funny, but it wasn't. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. Welcome to No Fucking ZD. All right. This is the uh, the Red Bull and Tequila and Metallica edition. <laughs> Who's ready to pod? <laughs> uh, welcome, guys. Uh, episode 62. Ooh, yeah. Uh, I woke up this morning. I was like, let's do a fucking podcast. Yep. Yep. And now we- I'm the Lars of this podcast. And I'm yeah. going to be a huge dick about everything. Good. So like anyone putting this shit on Napster... Watch out yeah, for real. <laughs> We're gonna come get you. You wouldn't download a podcast, is <laughs> yeah, all I'm gonna exactly. say. All right, so, don't, <laughs> so so don't download ours. Uh, we're talking cold cuts tonight, episode 10 of season five. Um, kind of a uh, uh, we say this every week now, but kind of a classic, would you say? <laughs> totally, because I mean, I think that it's it's some classic like intra sopranos, like mm. classic family dysfunction lowercase f yes um and like it's interesting because like the biggest mob sort of business and and, like sort of controversy that's come up in a long time is now backburnered because janice beat up a soccer mom (laughs) yes and one of the funniest episodes of the season for sure Uh, uh, uh. um the uh the the johnny sack dilemma or the the joey peeps dilemma or or i guess all of it really i think the peeps dilemma is funnier than the sack dilemma (laughs) yes it is i'm i I got a sack dilemma a lot you do he's always complaining about sacks yeah uh yeah i mean the the janice thing is just is just amazing i i never whenever i see it's a janice episode i'm kind of like eh, i'm not sure if i'm into this but then they're always really good like tony and janice episodes especially together oh yeah because they just they can't get it together no they can't like no matter what and they both they both know each other and where it's all coming from so it's, it's usually you, you, you learn something new would you oh, yeah. say yeah yeah well you learn well bobby learned something new he learned That's a lot true. of new things Bobby is, is is great in this episode. Yeah, but he he has like little virgin ears, you know. And he does actually. You know what I realized is that Bo- is that Janice has killed someone, but Bobby has not. Oh, interesting. That's true. Yes, yeah. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. the uh, The Richie Aprile thing comes up this episode in a, in a veiled way. In a veiled way, but it's like really Tony's just like really poking her. Yeah, and then you know, all, obviously the. I mean, I I always get this fight. And the one in uh, in uh, Vermont or wherever the fuck they go, yeah, uh, mixed I think it's up just upstate, right? Or yeah. maybe it's Vermont. Yeah. I think they're in Vermont, mm. but uh, we've just never seen it. Don't make your skeptical noise. Okay, I know that noise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's essentially the same. Like it's the same fight. It's like yeah. under the boardwalk, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just, That's yeah, true. It's the same thing, except this. Actually, this one's worse. Never mind. Yeah, it's, well, so, it's so deep. Well, the other one, Janice has a schlong in her mouth, so I guess it's it's just on a different level. I don't know. <laughs> roadies. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, the roadies one from yeah. like a, the, from earlier this season. Oh uh, right. Yeah. Oh my god. Like I'm getting all of this That's fucking yeah. Jesus man. Uh, There's too much good stuff between them. There is. I like that the uh, I've I've had conversations with friends about the Richie Priel murder from season two. Oh, by the way, we have an audience member here tonight who's never seen the show and he's just getting spoiled left and right. <laughs> but <laughs> you haven't seen the show? Never. Oh, no. is it? so we have we have Alex from from Spaceman Sound where we're not recording tonight because it's being used by some dumb band. Mm-hmm. And uh he's just hanging out while we record. And we, we did the whole first season of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he recorded yeah. the whole first season and uh I was it better back then? He, he says, says yes. He says yes. <laughs> I Alex think a lot of people agree. Alex says yes. Yeah. We're going to give you some cards just so you can hold, you know, just make signs to yeah. us. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked to people who, who've always had problems with the Janice killing Richie thing, that it was a little too easy and a kind of a deus ex machina or whatever. And, um, you know, that it was it, that it just kind of came out of nowhere and then went nowhere. Right. But so I like that they kind of bring it back up again here. You know, it, it's still affecting Janice and Tony's relationship. You know, Tony hasn't forgotten. Uh, obviously, Janice hasn't forgotten either. He doesn't forget ever, anything like he was talking like so when he's at, he's at his therapy appointment with Melfi, he's talking about how the, the temper is bad for business. Mm hmm. 
and how like the guys who started this thing, by the way, he's saying this thing to mm-hmm. Melfi now. So it's like the wheels have really fallen off with oh, all right. this stuff. Yes. But um, he's talking about how back in the day they used to, um, you know, that the guys, they used to like laugh and they, they smile in your face mm-hmm. as they say, and then make sure you got it later. And like, Tony like does a little bit of that because he's because he's like on his family shit a lot recently and like trying to be cool about stuff, but like when he, when when the gloves come off, he's got all this shit ready like right on deck. Yes, you know, big time. Yeah, they're vicious to each other. The totally. Soprano family. It's a good word. There's there's a Soprano rage for sure, as he says. Um and uh and you know Janice, I guess sort of makes an effort or she really does make an effort in this this episode after the uh well we should t- you know she makes an effort to, to get better but we should talk about the soccer scene of course because it's still, like yeah i mean first of all i love i just love always the way they portray like suburban rich people <laughs> with like yeah. the white button-up shirt uh and the the sweater tied around the neck and i mean you just hate the other soccer mom that's uh she sucks she, she just sucks and i I'm, i don't know i i can't imagine getting along with janice like that well no. In real life, unless, unless she's like the kind of person that you like catch behind the like dumpster <laughs> no <laughs> under the boardwalk is what right, i was gonna okay. say uh, <laughs> she's like she's like the type of adult that you like catch like behind the 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 banquet hall who's mm-hmm. like smoking weed and you're like oh shit you know and then like you kind of like have that going you know like yes cool mom she's cool right 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 um but other than that man i could really i she's she's uh, she's not she's a dysfunctional adult yeah i feel like uh i mean you know we've she's one of those people that there's there's always there's, she's she's one of those people who complains about drama you know which just yeah, generally and then, means and then, and then starts it and exactly people. <laughs> right well right <laughs> she takes it to an extreme but right um soprano extreme yeah uh, but the fight at the beginning is just amazing and uh and then the the, the tv footage of it especially is is fantastic yes and uh, because it's actually something that we hadn't seen it's like an extra it's like a deleted scene almost exactly you know yeah. what i mean like her chasing her after or getting chased by the cops after is one of the funniest <laughs> yeah, shots like of the screaming. episode oh god it's so good uh, and yeah. then, and then the woman who gets interviewed uh, on the news thing, she's like, "I just like, I just feel terrible for the kids, right. you know," <laughs> which is so far from what anyone else is talking about in right. this whole thing. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a it's like a different kind of comedy than the, than the show has done before. Not, it's like a, you know, I mean, slapstick, I guess. You know, we usually don't get that from from The Sopranos, so right. it's just funny to see. Right. Um, we should also mention that this episode is directed by Mike Figgis, who directed Leaving Las Vegas. That's his that's his biggest one. So they get another. What's m- Leaving Las Vegas? The Nick Cage movie where he goes to Vegas to uh, basically goes to <laughs> and drink then he himself. Leaves. <laughs> and then he leaves. Yeah. Well, he goes to drink himself to death. Like he's he's like, I'm gonna kill myself. I'm going to Vegas meets a prostitute there who's kind of in the same boat and they of course fall in love Sick. and um that's it did they leave though no uh, well the movie is a 25 minute long movie <laughs> he gets there and then that's it no one really knows so, so it's got so a, he's a, there soprano's ending a yeah, little bit of. you know yeah, what i mean exactly <laughs> it's like the bus pulls up and then black yeah exactly <laughs> um so i mean if the direction feels different which i think it kind of does in the first like 10 minutes of the this this episode i mean it's it settles down sure but it's like very montage at the beginning and kind of and like i, I mean do you feel like the pacing's weird at the, at the, the in the, the beginning the, the pacing's quick i yeah. mean I, I feel like usually when we get in uh, like an open uh, uh, um a soft serve open mm-hmm. as i like to call it mm-hmm. um when we get one like this where they're like they're, they're down at poor newark like looking for these these vespa scooters and right. uh very popular with the young people these days that's what i hear right um and it, i feel like usually we'd get more of a setting of the stage like it'd be a little bit more dramatic darker but this is kind of like right to business mm-hmm. uh so i i get what you're saying i didn't i didn't totally notice that before but it, yeah now that you mentioned it, it does feel a little quick it's a little i mean all of it's just not even just that it's like it's all of it feels very quick when tony's talking to johnny sack um you know out on the sidewalk there while he's getting his car washed that's there's a really quick cut from johnny just like driving away to tony um and then tony watching and reacting to the news program news program uh, oh good feels, point just it all feels fast but anyway it settles in it starts to feel like a sopranos episode for the most part but we'll have to talk about that really strange freeze frame uh of carmella later in the episode that still doesn't totally sit well with me right it's one of those things where it's well anyway we can talk we'll, about we'll get it. there yeah um 
So yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's not good for Tony to for, for like he says his name is all over the news now because Janice went ahead and beat up a soccer mom, um, as one does, as one does. So you know he's of course pissed, and yeah, I mean we get some good stuff from Bobby. He's uh like for for a comedic guy, Steve Shripa yep. does a great job of 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 playing Bobby. Um, you know, really just struggling to live with Janice <laughs> as we all totally would he actually does he actually pulls off a convincing normal guy he does he you know? really does yeah it's because in this situation he's married to someone who's totally dysfunctional and she's way worse than him and he's in the mafia you know <laughs> right. and so this right. is this is like the other side this is like the mirror image of 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 carmela and and tony mm. you know great point and so we're seeing the common thank you yes mm-hmm. um for so those we're, keeping score there's someone keeping score at home by the way yeah and they're so, all keep, everybody's yeah. keeping score believe me <laughs> right um so there's definitely someone uh well there's definitely a common thread and that's the soprano gene mm-hmm. you know and they're, they're just totally fucked up bacala is like you know, he's a good hearted guy. And like, even through all this shit, even though he's threatening Janice and saying, you know, this ain't, this ain't going to work out between you and me if you don't go to these anger classes. Um, he still is saying to Tony, like, look, she she called Sophia her daughter. Like, that's exciting to me. You know what I mean? Right. And that's that's like a that's a glimmer you know, if, at the very least. And I like how Tony's like, I don't give a fuck. Actually, I do give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he gives a fuck now when she's still miserable like he is. But, you know, by, well, that, epi- by episode's end, he will no longer give a fuck about that. That's that's right up there, though, with like, I don't want to drink. We'll have one anyway. Right. Yeah, true. You know, um, some good turns of phrase this season. Right. So she, I mean, she makes an effort, though, you know, more than, I mean, yeah. I guess you could say Tony's making an effort, too, by still being, or coming back to, to Melfi. Um, but, uh you know, she tries the anger management thing in a another yes. hilarious scene. That's one of the best scenes. That's that's sort of right up there with with Chrissy's intervention in a lot of ways. It is, yeah. First there, of all, yeah. let's talk about the weird guy who just yells like out of nowhere. The, yeah, like, like that nineteen. 19- keep bicycle out of the drive, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like, and they don't overplay their reaction, but it's really funny because it's just they for some reason they wrote in this other like completely dysfunctional guy yeah. <laughs> who has no social tact whatsoever. Yeah. Some of us can relate. Total weirdo. Uh, yes, yeah. I can. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but like, it's just, it's a great scene. And then, and then when Janice gets into it and she throws up that red herring where she's talking about like, like putting her faith in the civil rights movement and then marching. And oh, then she God. goes down that road about like, about so for what? So they can bump that rap shit and you can't <laughs> say anything. Cause, cause they might have guns and the, the woman plays it so well. The, the, the black woman, she's like, she, her, her, her expression turns so beautifully and quickly. Yeah. She's like, Hold on a fucking minute. <laughs> it's just incredible. It's a great scene. I love it. It is, yeah. And she teaches Janice a little something, too, you know? Yeah. She actually kind of gets through to her, which, yeah. which is great. Well, and we find out. She's like, you and I do most of the talking in here, yeah. and it's like, surprise. Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to see more of that, yeah. Um, spinoff. We've been talking spin-off? about it. <laughs> You're talking about spinoffs? <laughs> We're talking about spinoffs. Um, yeah, we, we've, we've been talking about spinoffs. Um <laughs> Uh, but you know, so it like sort of works for Janice. Yep. I mean, yep. I think part of it's um, you know, it's it's like fun to have something to do, and uh, and Janice seems to be into it, and also like she's getting some some attention from this group, and uh, right. you know, feels like she has some kind of new purpose. But it sort of works. She's actually able to like chill and 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 handle uh, the kids, the Bacala kids, and and yep. not freak out. Well, she's putting an effort into it. I mean, we have to remember that she was beforehand um like in in previous episodes like the episode where junior goes wackadoo and he's like walking all over the place she's like going upstairs to lie down and right. she's just like it she's just like a toll she's like in the bell jar she's like such a pain in the ass and like so i feel like having some place to go stuff to do so that like the drudgery of just everyday life as you've discussed a lot, you know, when she's mm-hmm. got a car full of groceries and all she has to do is like get them inside. Mm-hmm. She has to move this bike and it like sends her fucking like to DEFCON one. I mean, I feel like having more of this stuff to do, like just dialoguing with other people. Yeah. Even, <laughs> just that, rapping, just know? rapping, just rapping with some friends, just yeah. rapping, you know, just like in the conversation pit at the anger management class. Right. I just feel like that does a lot for her because she's just actually, able to express herself in some way yeah totally um and i mean like starting something like that you know you're you're just you know uh all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and and you're you know 
I, I would I would like to see her like three episodes down the line still sticking with anger, anger management because I just don't think oh. she would have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for now it works. It works <laughs> she better. winds up just shooting the guy. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. what happens. Uh, but it works better than the current therapist she has who just uh, makes her read her screenplays, which, by the way, is one of the best lines of the episode. I know. Um, but I, but- I got to say, I feel bad for Sandy because we meet Sandy later on. We've oh, met no, her we already, met actually. Yeah. yeah, actually, yes, right. We met Sandy. Time is a flat circle. Mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. we have well, true. We've met her, and we, we have gone and have not done the podcast <laughs> yet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but like, I thought the insights that she was helping Janice to make were were great. First of all, she was telling Janice to stay the fuck away from mafia dudes. Right, her which brother still is like good advice mm-hmm. generally to, well, to everyone out there. I mean, even though Bobby is like the exception a little bit, like he's still. Like she still winds up with Ugats, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's still blood money, and it's still you and know. And then he dies, right? Spoiler, Alex. Um, um, he's not listening anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, he's yeah. reading about other podcasts he wishes <laughs> he that he was yes. listening to. It's like, hmm, which one should I update? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. She, uh, I, the therapist wasn't. She was a little granola, I guess, um, well, and, and I easy how, to laugh at, sort of. I got to say, one of the most realistic things in this show, and you're going to think I'm joking, is the uh, the, the the therapist office decorations. Mm. Because I've been to a handful of them. My mom is a therapist, so I've met a lot of people. And every therapist has their own, like, it's it's like it's like your bedroom as a teenager, except now you're a therapist and you can really express yourself. You know? Right, like, right, right. So she had one friend who's a therapist who's like really into windsurfing. So he had like all these paintings of people windsurfing and shit like that. And everything had like kind of like a vaguely surfy theme, but it was soothing, you know? And then like, you know, but that's just an example. Like we had the cowboy therapist when, uh, when Melfi right. disowns, disowns Tony, the Mr. Spears, the Mr. Sessions. Spears. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. I, what is he? He says, I've seen analyze this. <laughs> um, but then we've got, we, then we've got, uh, Sandy who has this perfect, like, like bougie pseudo bohemian office with right. like lots of like rando fucking Ecuadorian crap and shit like right. that, you know, it's like, like a blankets. couch where you like, you, you pull your feet up on the couch and yeah, you like know. a comfortable $8,000 couch with mm-hmm. a blanket that, that she bought like on safari. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly what it is. Anyways, uh, they do a good job of that. And she gives her great advice. I don't hate Sandy. No, no, of course not. But, uh, I mean, I can, but I can totally understand why, uh, Bobby and maybe the rest of the mafia guys, I mean, for one, they hate therapy to begin with, but of course, yeah. you know, um, yeah, yeah. Some, someone like that particularly, but I just like the detail that she's a writer <laughs> and trying, you know, <laughs> yeah, looking for advice and stuff. Yeah. just hysterical. No, it's great. But, um, the other thing that this tells me, like Bobby being okay with Janice seeing Sandy and then also, uh, telling her that she needs other help is. I'm kind of thinking that Bobby is like the most progressive mafioso. Probably him and like Patsy. Actually, maybe not Patsy. I used to think Patsy was a little more... uh, Patsy with his whole like wiping your nipples off of these imported leather seats thing. That's true. That's super progressive to me, but... True. I'm from California, so what do I know? know? (laughs) Well, Bobby definitely is. Yeah. By far. He's like... He doesn't kill people. Yeah, just not yet. Uh, loves his kids and uh, Weird. really loved his wife. Really loved his as, wife. Didn't cheat. As far as yeah, right. As far as we know, he he I he never cheated. Yeah, never had a gumar. I don't think. No, it doesn't um, seem like it. But uh, write in and tell us, Steve Sharippa. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, we should mention we had a little uh, social media moment. Yeah, so we're gonna have to. Yeah, we we did. Someone tweeted at him that he should be on the show and gasp. He liked the tweet. So right. in 2017, that is that's basically third base. Yeah. Like, I mean he touched our balls. He t- <laughs> yes. That's what happened. Please come on the show. Uh, <laughs> we will cook with your sauce and uh, or your your gravy rather. Let's, and, ta- and do... let's talk about the gravy. Yeah, man. Have, have you tried it? Uh I have not, but they sell it at a, a at a grocery store near us. Yeah, so I'm sure should... that that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, there were just signs. There were a big, there's a big poster of him in the grocery store near us recently. Oh, that's awesome. And, All uh, right. Steve, so... we're going to try the sauce. We'd love to have you come talk about it. Yes. So let's 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 get our little our little army let's make on this, that. Let's line this up. Yeah. Let's, let's line this up. Yep. So we're going to leave it up to ZD Nation to do a little <laughs> foreplay. <laughs> right. Before we pop the question. <laughs> right, right. Warm it up for us. <laughs> And uh, and and you know, we'll, tap on we'll the glass the until he's begging for it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so you know, by episode's end, 
Tony doesn't really appreciate what Janice has gone through here. Um, he's got, it's kind of like when you go out to dinner and you order like the fried chicken sandwich and fries and then whoever you're with like orders a salad. It just kind of pisses you off. You, you mean know? like the scene where the, 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 the like, amazing well, yes. Nostradamus scene where, where, where Bobby literally has like the most caloric plate like I can actually imagine mm-hmm. with like it's like a mountain. It's got to be three potatoes worth of curly fries yep. and like a giant steak. Which and, and Tony's doing his best to eat eat healthy, but then he, he winds like up just whites. ordering in addition. <laughs> yeah, I'll have like I'm going to use these. this omelet as an appetizer. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tony doesn't appreciate that 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 no. Janice is able to change, which is it's even more ironic because he's complaining about it all the time. Right, but it's it. I think it you know it, it gets to him because it's it's kind of like um, you know he's still kind of walking around asking himself and others if he's like this toxic person and and doesn't right. want to be and also like pays a lot of lip service to to changing himself but never really puts the effort into doing it and so when he sees someone else doing it you know it's it's a it's a misery misery loves company kind of thing you know yeah especially with these two in particular he gets really angry about janice like doing you know making this kind of boner yeah earlier in the episode Mm -hmm. with the soccer Mm -hmm. mom because it does cause him trouble but as she tries to better herself he's like fuck that like right you don't get to feel good about yourself, I guess, is the thing. Yeah. I so mean, he likes the dynamic that he's in, I feel like. Well, that's part of it, too. I'm sure he's just very comfortable. You know, I mean, like, you know, change, change is hard it's, when you're when you're comfortable. It's like it's 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 like with Janice, you know, she's starting this new venture into anger management. And, um, you know, the beginning of everything is always the easiest part because you're just so excited to do it. It's like when you get to the middle and you have to actually like continue doing the same thing every day and putting an effort. That's like the hardest. That's when a lot of people give up, you know? It's like that conversation from The Wire that we were talking about with uh, Cuddy, where the gardener guy is like, like, this is it every yeah, right. day. There's no like amazing reward. You just show up. This is this is being on the straight and narrow. You just show up to work and stuff. And right. it, like, he makes it sound so bad. <laughs> <you know? laughs> right, right. But uh, I mean, that applies, you know, like mm-hmm, for uh, mm-hmm. if, if Tony really wanted to change, he would have to do the same thing every single day. He would have to put effort into actually changing and right. And I guess also acknowledging what makes him feel depressed and what turns that depression inward and or it turns, you know, turns that rage inward that causes the depression. But yeah, I mean, like when when we see other people around us like bettering themselves and we feel like we're not, it kind of touches on this insecurity, you know, and I think that's totally sort of what's happening. He there. takes it all personally. He takes. Yeah, he takes it very personally, like, especially especially with Janice, you know, like they both yeah. grew up in the same environment. And he's always just been like Janice is fucked up. She's unsuccessful. Right. Look at me. I've done right by my family, you know, and all this stuff. And I've, and I'm like this pillar of whatever you want to call it. Right. And now she's kind of, she's a little bit getting closer. You know what I mean? At least, at least more comparable to like a Carmela type, you know, because like she's, she's got kind of a, she's got a comfortable life with Bobby. He makes money and he, Bobby's got kids and she's like trying to better herself and, and do stuff. And he doesn't want anyone like, coming close to his pedestal you know right because that justifies it all for him i suppose yeah yeah totally totally um yeah, yeah. and i you know the whole sequence like starting with that scene in, in livia's house when she's telling him how good she feels um i i love the way they they like portray tony there because like she's going on and on about how, how much she feels better and how much the anger management's working and there's like the slow zoom on him and you just start hearing like the police sirens outside and like construction work and all this other like <laughs> yeah. really fucking aggravating stuff going totally. on. Just like, uh, you know, he's just a ticking time bomb. So I, I just I just love that. They, they show the fuse kind of light there yeah. before we get to like that incredible last scene. Oh, totally. With, uh, with the Harpo stuff, <laughs> which is like yeah. some of the cruelest stuff I think we've ever seen Tony do. But also like, what like, the fuck? Like she she dropped the ball a little bit. Well, with Harpo, yeah, well, yeah, true, true. Um, but but that's he's going low. He's going low, right? He's subtweeting her a little bit here, like some people. He's right, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you're talking about, but yeah, well, we can't uh, <laughs> we can't name names. I could say a lot of things that you don't want me to say, right? You know what right. I mean? But uh, some people go low in this country. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say about and, that. Yes, and Tony's going very low here. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, to 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 bring her back down. He knows that soprano gene is still in there. You right. know. Yeah, completely. Uh, and again, misery loves company, and um, you know, it just I it just shows like it you know how hard it is to change like in this world in particular. I mean, like changing is like such a big theme on the show, mm-hmm, and. Mm-hmm. I think there's some comfort in feeling miserable and there's some comfort being around these other miserable, miserable people. And 
you know, I don't know, getting your world view, your worldview called out like that will make anyone kind of lash out. And I think that's totally what's happening with Tony. Completely. But but he also knows. That I happens mean, with a lot of people in this country. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Just dancing around all of this today. Uh, um, but he but he knows it's bad for business and they really sum it up. I mean, they're kind of like hitting you over the head with it in that last well, they're hitting Georgie over the head with it, I guess, but they're also letting you know. Oh man. Um, fucking Georgie. How bad it is for business. I mean, they're back at the Bing after um the uh, the trip upstate that we'll talk about in the second half. Tony beats Georgie for the last time. I forget if we see Georgie again. No, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, But we don't know. uh, Yeah. (laughs) This is every time we say that we're just wrong and it feels so right when we say it. Yeah. And then it's just not true. We're not going to see Devin Pillsbury anymore. Hmm. Probably not. Yeah, I guess you're right. At this point, I don't know when she would come up. Yeah. Um, We're, we got to make way for Rihanna. Right. Coming up soon. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, you know, the shot, they the, he beats the shit out of, uh, out of Georgie, uh, ruins his hearing in one ear, apparently. And um, yeah. and they really they they nail it with that shot of all the money just like you know he he picks up the cash register beats him with the I think the cash drawer and there's just yeah. money flying everywhere which I think is just like sp- supposed to be like this is bad for business he's literally hemorrhaging money by by being such a rageaholic here yeah and and you know but also it's just a great effect mm-hmm. like it, it, that's such an amazing sort of sequence him beating Georgie up with money. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do, like, it's just great. It's just like such a great sort of larger than life moment. Right. Yeah. I love it. Poor Georgie. Yeah. Poor Georgie. I mean, he's <laughs> hilarious, but like, you know, in that sequence, like the second he says, I know that's why you got to live for today. You're just like, fuck, <laughs> you know, it's coming, you know, cause it's just like, he reminds me of Bacala, not just cause he's like a big fat guy, but because like he it it reminds me of like Bacala and his like quotations book. Yes. From like the first season. Yep. You know? And like poor Georgie. He yeah. has no status. Except None. the blowjob. Yeah, I mean he's got a lot of blowjobs owed to him, I probably. Hope so. I I hope he got a fair amount of blowjobs working yeah. at the bang before he uh before he left. I hope, at least. I think. Um so yeah, I mean Tony um you know, again and again, he's given this option to change, refuses to do it, and uh, and hates when he sees other people doing it, especially Janice. Yep. And um, we get that great sequence at the end after the whole Harpo fight, where he finally brings back brings Janice back down to his his level. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the best. F- ending shots of the series with him oh, yeah. walking a out nice long shot with him just being like my work is done here it's just fucking awesome yeah it's perfect he's the, just the way he walks is yeah. amazing um yeah just alone <laughs> tony he's 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 become livia he's uh you know uh it's a it, fire like, starter it, yeah in a lot of ways i feel like this is sort of this this particular episode actually is sort of like the beginning of the end you know like we're really kind of getting into like the last final push of the show. Um, yeah, he's sort of like, yeah, he's just he's just destroying everything around him slowly. Yeah. And you know, now that you mentioned it, I was thinking about how uh, he gets into more trouble with Phil toward the end because mm. of his rage. Like, he beats up Coco, you know, um, right. and just like totally loses his mind. And like, and it's sort of a steady thing where he's leading with his like rage emotions more than anything else. Like sending Bobby to do that that hit in Montreal or whatever. Not that that had any real repercussions, but like, you know, just making sort of more and more erratic decisions based on like some sort of outrage or, or overly emotional response, you yeah, know? Totally. Totally. He's definitely, I mean, uh, uh, Tony B says in the episode that he's, he's become more isolated and I feel like, yeah, we should watch cause he, he isolates himself more and more, uh, as we get closer to the end. Totally. For sure. Yeah. Well, we should watch. Uh, we should. It's I'm I'm surprised we've done this many episodes without ever having watched. But <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're winging it. <laughs> it's just like me in college, winging it without reading the material. We yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the it's the important thing in life, it you is. know. But it's hard to change. You it know? Is. That's so true. We're so we are going to keep doing what we're doing. Uh and yeah, we're gonna take our little break here and um we'll be back in forty five minutes. Here we go.
No Fucking ZD is brought to you by... Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You were never in my top eight, as far as I remember. I don't know. <laughs> How the fuck does that still rock harder, like so much harder than Metallica? I know. I love that song. It's a good one. It's a real good I, one. I mean, I should point out, we we always resist using the, the song, song the song from the end of the episode at the end of the episode. Right. And the song from the beginning of the episode at the beginning of the, the episode. Obviously, Metallica's Saint Anger wasn't in the episode. Right. It's not my favorite Metallica song, but... I thought it was hilarious because everybody's so fucking pissed off this episode. Yeah, I am personally. Yeah. Extremely mad. Me too. God damn it. Yeah. Um, but that song, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you can tell we're very mad. Look, I told you I'm the Lars. Okay. So don't fuck with me. <laughs> uh, that song though, the two of like the most popular songs on the show were by, were by the kinks is this and the, um, wow. I forget the, the, the title. Uh, there's no, there's England no England now. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's no England now. Also, we should just, want to go listen to that we'll be back yeah okay um glad we did that but yes we also got dinner we did again um and listen to that song they'll never know no <laughs> who knows even between this sentence and last sentence we stopped for a good hour and 21 minutes we yeah. timed it let's let's actually you want to pick this up tomorrow yeah i think we should all right great oh so, good morning anyway yeah. i need some coffee uh all right so uh christopher He's a sensitive Sally in, in, in general, but in this episode in particular. Yes. So, so let's um, set this up a little bit. First of all, Tony B gets this 200K a year cash cow thrown on him. Which is a lot. Dude, it's so fucking much. Mm. Like five grand a week? Fuck off. Yeah, crazy. All right. And what did he do, really? He went to jail and Tony feels guilty about it, which is ultimately the problem. <laughs> I'll do that for 200K a year. Same, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, make you feel guilty you? all day long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only the guilty part. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I mean, Christopher, it's it's always weird to say, but this is a relatable episode, I think, for a lot of people. Yep. Um, we all know what it's like to be left out. You know, I had I had the, uh, the kids on the street when they were all together were really mean to me, but like one-on-one were all really nice to me as, right. you know, like we, we've all been there. Um, well, th- this is this is not uncommon among right. siblings, especially. I mean, you only have female siblings, so I don't know how much of a dick you were. But probably not that much. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. Like, we'll have to get them on the show at some point. Yeah, but I, but I, but I know what that's like. Like, like, like boys in groups are shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's really easy to get carried away with like the meanest like inclination that anyone has, and then it like snowballs out of control. Yeah, and everybody like that's the thing is that everybody's kind of I don't know. Chrissy's having these like terrible flashbacks all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It's the same kind of basic feeling when they all get together again you know right yeah it's a you know an old habits kind of thing um yeah and, and the oh one thing i wanted to point out before we like deep dive into that is that paulie mentions mm. he says ah now you know how i felt right now, now you're not teacher's pet anymore you know what i mean Which, right from all the way back in season three right. when he's having him take his pants off <laughs> to look at his pinky dick yeah, exactly right. yeah i guess you could call that a dick yeah um a lot of callbacks in in this episode. Um, is that the technical term? Yep, it is. Uh, or um, so that's not a flashback. It's just when you call it, you dial. Like I called it. You, we, yep, exactly. You call. You call out season one, and then <laughs> that's so. It's weird. They all they keep saying that the entire episode. And they then keep, they wink, which is weird. Yeah, they look at the camera and say whatever season the reference is directly <laughs> to the audience. Good, good. Um, at least in my version. But uh, director's cut. Uh, um, a lot of uh, you know a- another major callback, I guess, is the is the email Colark body this is the one that they're digging up up, up at uh, Uncle Passy's farm. And, is that so? Yeah, because Christopher says he's going to move it again. Um, for because they moved it with Georgie, and then he they right. moved it, it was up under this, it was under that under pa- overpass. It was, it was in the Meadowlands. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we find out where he uh where his 
semi-final resting place was ultimately it's at the bottom of some lake in the hudson valley <laughs> lucky but, guy I'd, yeah. lo- I'd love to retire there Not frankly bad. you know <laughs> um so yeah to set it up christopher going into the episode is already pissed off that tony b is getting the special attention right. tony b is getting the special attention because tony feels guilt tony soprano feels guilty about what happened yep and um they are forced to be together because uh their uncle patsy is selling his farm upstate where multiple dead bodies are buried yeah and uh before before (laughs) the excavators come in this is this is a ticking time bomb episode they have two weeks to get rid of three bodies yeah and they do it yeah yeah they do um but that's not what it's about it's it's more the uh their relationship the the cousin relationship oh it's a mcmuffin that's perfect. This is a McMuffin. Exactly. Ah, I knew exactly. it. Yes. <laughs> Brought to you by McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, its its own kind of psychological tale, I guess. You know, it's getting into just how their their behavior and their, um, you know, the uh, their, their, their masculinity, I guess, in a way. The masculinity sort of sort of touching on that it, it does because like all the boys went up there mm-hmm. you know it's, there were, it was like kind of like you know naples university right universidad de napoli you know <laughs> except like up at uncle pat's farm right why do you think they let him retire because there's this double state was it so is the hiccups thing <laughs> did, did that come <laughs> no. don't laugh it's not funny <laughs> did did that happen before he retired did they let him retire because he had hiccups for a year or did he go up there and have hiccups because because like either would make sense because right. like i would let a guy retire if he had hiccups for a year right like he almost fucking killed himself you know <laughs> but but then it also would make sense that like for this show to be like yeah he retired from the mafia and then he had hiccups for a year because he like had this enormous sense of dread you know what i mean because mm-hmm. he was in the mafia his whole life and now he's in this peaceful place well, you know, that's like kind of a psychological tidbit, you know what I mean? Right. It's like Adriana's IBS kind of. Yeah, he was well, he was fucking shitting and with right, his hiccups out his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, is I mean, how involved was he? Do we do we really know? Like, did he do any wet work? Was he really? Was he a maid guy? He was a button man, right? They mentioned that. Yeah. I just I don't know. I mean, oh, I, you oh, know, no, no. Who says it? Someone says that he was a knock around guy. Like, mm. yeah, he, yeah, he was a knockaround guy like Tony's dad is what Tony says. Yeah, I guess I kind of got the impression that he was never a made guy for one and that he maybe wasn't like, I, I don't feel like he's killed anybody, but maybe yeah. like set it up sometimes. Certainly and, broken a few kneecaps. Yeah, probably in the old neighborhood. But I, I kind of got the impression that he wasn't like fully uh you know in in the mob we so at that point he's just like a good connect for them and like a friend of the family but also i guess you know some people just do end up retiring you know i mean i think it does happen i i think if you're old enough and people are just kind of like sure i'll take over you know like why you know they're not gonna just just kill an old guy because yeah you know i guess you're right i think that's happened in life he wasn't that old they said that he was down he said they said that he was up on his farm like when they were like when Tony and uh, Tony mm. and Tony were like nineteen. Oh, that's true. And so we got that, that flashback like in a couple episodes of them uh, <laughs> with the long hippie hair. Yeah, with, yeah. with Chrissy crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I'm 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 not totally sure. I guess I just the the impression I got was that he wasn't like you know on the same level. Probably. I mean, you know, yeah. He was. They used him for his 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 farm because they got rid of a couple bodies up there. I don't think he's killed anyone, but maybe yeah. like he went to a car game or two. Maybe that, he, that you know, sense. shook someone down. Well, he certainly knows what's going on. Perhaps he's like an uncle Hesh or not. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like a Hesh type sort of, right. You know, because what, what I do think of though, is that he's the one who comes back to warn Tony that Janice is shaking down uncle junior in the final episode or the, or the penultimate episode. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so it makes me think that he has like some, he's like, he's in the loop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's true. They, but they let him retire. I, I'm just bringing it up because it's like it is part of the double standard sort of situation. You know what I mean? Because like Eugene yeah. says the same thing, and he brings up Joe Bananas. You know, um, but of course Eugene's not allowed to retire. He's, maybe maybe because he's made. Maybe you're right. 
Yeah, well, I, and I think he's just too young, and and you know, if he had maybe if he was older with an ailment, I think maybe they'd be like, okay, you know, at, the, at this point, you're a liability. You, you <laughs> want an ailment? Here. You want an ailment? We'll give you an ailment. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right. telling you. you know? Um, I think, and also as we've said before, these guys don't really give a shit about the rules unless uh, also un- until it applies to them in a way that they don't agree with. You know? Yeah, they like um, to. Well, if they can enforce them and use them to their advantage, yeah. of course. And also with Tony being as a uh, nostalgic as he is i'm sure if like pat came to him and was just like hey i want to retire he'd get that wistful look and be like yeah you should you should go up to your farm and and just live out the good life you know but there are ducks up there right well yeah, yeah. exactly yeah um so uh yeah we kind of get like a mini bottle episode in this episode like when i think when you when i think about this cold cuts I think that most of it takes place up at the farm. Right. But we just spent a half hour talking about Janice and Bobby. You know, I mean, like, it's, they're really only up there for the last, like, 15 minutes or so. Um, and Tony for less than that. Less than that, yeah. But Tony, B, and Christopher kind of come to an understanding. <clears throat> and, um, and then we, you know, we hear about Ichabod Crane. Uh, yeah. Yep. You know, they kind of open up to each other and, 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 well, it's talking about Tony. I, I mean, it starts Tony Uncle Tony Uncle Al is pretty smart. Yep, like he kind of starts to get like right into it on the car ride over. I believe on the Tappan Zee Bridge, actually. Yep, um, I think that is. And they're uh, sort of, you know, he Chrissy sort of has a hair across his ass, and he's right. like, "It's a fifty thousand dollar vehicle. Don't want to scuffed up." You know, right. he's like being a little dickhead about everything. Yep, still spending from from the pilot on. He's spending at least fifty thousand on a car. Yeah, yeah, like every season almost. Pretty, yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah. And like, essentially, this is uh, this is the moment where 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 Tony's Tony, Tony B's uh, experience really helps him because mm. he kind of jumps in there. And he's like, "Look, I know you're pissed, but like, here's how I feel about it." And it like immediately sort of squashes it and makes Chrissy feel a whole lot better. Yeah. He's happy to just be acknowledged, you know? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has a complete change of heart that when they're, uh, when they're crushing up the bones, he's suddenly defending Tony B and, yeah. And, uh, which is a great, great scene. And I've heard people compare it to like a mini Hamlet and it, it sort of is, you know, like wow. holding onto the skull of email Colark and, uh, and just e- having this really funny conversation is always great. Email. Uh, um, and, um, of course, when Tony does show up, because he's just sick of everything going on at home, um, there's stress with Carmella. She's uh, she's drained the pool, which is a major, major thing. <laughs> and, of course, Janice. That's actually a really great moment. Yes. It, because Tony's walking out, and there's a great shot of him, and you see his face change as, he's, like like, that, as yeah. he's blowing out the puff of smoke. And then he says to Carmella, there's no water in the pool. <laughs> like, she doesn't know. <laughs> That's a great moment. That's I love shit, that. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, a million stress is going on back home. Yep, yep. He recognizes that he's about to have his typical rage blow up. Doesn't want to do it. Decides to go upstate. And, um, you know, then it's just back to the old dynamics where it's Tony B and Tony Soprano versus Christopher. And, you know, I mean, y- you really kind of start to understand maybe why this kid has a, a little bit of a, a problem with his chemistry set, you know? Well, yeah, I mean... I, it's it's a lot of things, but this is certainly one of them where mm-hmm. like the person that he's totally devoted his life to is kind of a dick to him. Yeah, you know, big time. And, and actually, Tony alienates uh, both Chrissy and Janice, and like very, he cuts, he goes so low. You know, does, like yeah. like when he starts bringing up the alcohol, and he's like, hey, "Why don't you have a fucking drink? You're being such a you know like." And then when Tony B goes along with it, it's just like, this isn't funny anymore. You guys are assholes. You know what I mean? And Chrissy is doing so well. He's the only one in the whole episode who's like naturally a little bit centered. And he's like, he's like, you know that this really, like, I'm sorry if I was being a jerk off. You know that this is really difficult. And he's like, he like, obviously he's very stressed in the moment, but he's not like exploding and like Mm. throwing a sandwich in Vito's face or anything like (laughs) that. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's biggest offense. Yeah, apparently. And Mm -hmm. he's like, you know, he's more, he has more of a grip than like anyone else in the whole. Yeah. He does. I mean, he's season basically. Yeah. And and you're right. Like much like Janice, he's he's actually giving like an earnest effort to do something. You know, I forget how long he says. Like he's been 14 months sober or something like that. 14, yeah, he says he says 14 months, um, and he's doing a good job. But the other thing I wanted to bring up, actually, I just realized a little light bulb 
McMuffin light bulb Mm -hmm. is that Tony (laughs) B has a bit of a rage problem too. Come to think of it. Um, uh, The Mr. Kim stuff and the Mr. Kim stuff flying off the handle Mm -hmm. uh, when he hears about uh, Angelo get or uh, not when he hears about Angelo getting whacked. That's next week (laughs) Uh, (laughs) when he hears when he hears about uh, 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 what when when he whacks peeps. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He kind of like that's not really in reaction to anything. That like so no one's stomping on his nuts, but like that's part of the extended blowout mm. from like going from a working man who feels like treaded on to like big bad mafioso again. So he like beats up Mr. Kim and then he's and then he gets he's kind of got some malice toward his cousin, you know? So he yeah. decides to go blow away peeps. Right. Um that's a bit of a rage problem. Yeah, you know, I mean, me, I'm no doctor. You know, but. well, we also hear that uh, some the the people who call them Ichabod Crane are some very sorry people. Um, I never got that. Like, what's the deal with like? First of all, is that a really terrible thing to say about someone? Well, I don't know. As someone who was like lanky and had a weird Adam's apple as a kid, and I also got called that. <laughs> still have a weird Adam's <laughs> yeah, apple. I still do because I have two of them. It's very strange. <laughs> um, you know, that's like. Uh, anytime you see a depiction of Ichabod Crane, he's just like lanky, has a giant nose, and he's like a skeletor kind of thing. And and uh, and like a Larry Bird type, <laughs> thinner, <laughs> even thinner, and weirder, and less talented, <laughs> and no not one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Um, you know, it's so I think that's that's he has Steve Buscemi kind of has some of those qualities. You know, well, please come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're in New York. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that's, that was like the, the insult that I guess that he got like in, in elementary school, I'm guessing right. when they read sleepy hollow. Uh, and so he uh, killed them from elementary school. I don't know. I wonder, I would let that say hey, spinoff. Or speaking, maybe he of, like, speaking of spinoffs, maybe he pants them on the basketball court. You I know think what he I mean? just severely beat some people. On the basketball court, I could see in that basketball, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> don't yeah. Um, so, so you're saying that Tony Uncle Al was like the John Stockton of the schoolyard at yes. Newark Middle School? Yep. Or yep. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's one of those things. Like, you never think of Steve Buscemi like pulling off a mob character. Although, although I guess he was in like Reservoir Dogs and other movies like that. But like, yeah, but that's buoyed by like you know some pretty serious looking people yeah you know what but, i mean yeah but he does he does have like a, uh some menace to him for sure like when he when he says that line when they're in the uh when they're in the car outside the cake shop and there's like a little bit of tension between him and christopher uh you know you get like you get some you get some uh some mob stuff from uh well, from he's Buscemi. good at doing that Buscemi. thing that tony was talking about which is smiling in your face and be like hey, fuck you that's you true. know what i mean that's true that's true and unless like, he has a two by four in his hand unless there's a two by four in his hand yeah. or in a cod pond nearby right um <laughs> yeah um so yeah i mean it's uh like we said it's it's very relatable and 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 christopher ends up going home crying which which always gets me it does um it's it, it's it's, inc- it's incredible the it's, poor the poor kid yeah you know it's sympathy for the devil a little bit but at the same time it's you know it's it's, it's another episode where i feel like i watch it and i'm kind of like they just didn't even know they knew what they had but they didn't even really know what they had because it's just so interesting to kind of do like the anatomy of a bully, you know, with these guys and yeah, and figuring out what makes them tick and what makes them horrible people, but at the same time, relatable in a way. Well, but also Chrissy just, he's, you know, he's, he's not the same as Tony, you know no, what I mean? he's not. And this, this sort of proves it that he just, he like can't stand the heat. He yeah. just has to get out and he's doing a good job. He's yeah. doing a good job. By the way, we, we, we didn't talk about the conversation that he has with Adriana while he's packing. Right. Which is hilarious. Yes. because he's talking about all this stuff and he's like he's like where's my bonnie's underpants with the ventilated cotton you know <laughs> in the dryer yeah where's the tenactin yeah just like the things that he needs for like four days upstate i know it's hilarious yeah you'd think he was going to like vegas or something um and of course as far as being a male model of course he'd be a success of course but, but he doesn't want to be around those fucking people <laughs> which we know all about frankly me neither <laughs> you know so right. we're, we're gonna stick with podcasting right um but yeah they're dicks to him i mean people are terrible to each other you know you can make fun of someone for like weeks on end or years on end and you when can they make lash- people feel bad on accident all i've done it all of the course, time yeah. like just like like accidentally like sideswipe insulting them for like two months by accident like yeah and you don't you even realize don't realize but also know? but even like in this situation 
situation. Like they're being such dicks to Christopher, and then when he's like a little tight back, they're like, "What's your problem, man?" Like it's Have amazing a how people drink. Yeah, it's just amazing how people <laughs> people behave. But uh, anyway, well, we learned that from this documentary series that we're we, that we we're did, reviewing. Here. We did. <laughs> um, but so they successfully find the cans of peaches, get rid of them. Email Colark. We'll see you at the crossroads. I think I pronounced that last name wrong. Once again. Uh, once again. Um, and uh, and yeah, but it's a good, it's a great emotional story. And we do kind of see the wedge growing between Tony and Christopher. And yep. Uh, yep. and yeah, there was a quick Adriana scene, but you can see the wheels turning for her too, where she's kind of thinking, okay, maybe I could tell Christopher about my my situation and maybe he yes. would turn. Well, she's, she's starting, <clears throat> she's starting with the like, well, you want to just you want to just bag it, you yeah. know, like that conversation. Yeah. And Christopher is just like, like, even though he's like being so ha- hateful toward Tony in that conversation, he's like, you don't get it. I'm a soldier. You know, like he's, yeah. she's, she's this. I think this is foreshadowing. Like no matter how, no matter what he says that he's feeling, it's not going to get anywhere mm-hmm. trying to get him to turn on Tony. It yeah. just can't happen. You know what I yeah. mean? He can't imagine it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if he ever really did try to change, we, <laughs> we see what Tony does to Janice, you know, we can only imagine what he would do to Christopher. Well, and, 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 you know, I think that in a way there are parts of this episode that people might interpret as trying to say like, you know, cause I feel like watching this for the first time, I, I didn't have this thought but you know then again i don't remember what life was like back then so maybe i did but like i feel like people watching this for the first time might see that scene where he's driving home crying and might be like well you know what maybe this is the turning point for christopher and definitely he's gonna flip yeah see i wasn't that smart back then well um but no but if you i mean like they they did oh i thought you were gonna say well yeah you were but (laughs) ouch nope he was not um (laughs) no but they they did the Mad Men trailer thing where like they would just show something totally out of context and you were like oh fuck you know like i i remember from oh yeah you know so you'd see that shot of christopher crying in the car and it was like did he kill adriana or is he is he turning on tony you know i mean they definitely played that angle up, and it's I think a lot of people. Neither. Yeah, and then <laughs> it, it turns out it's actually just a, a, a interesting introspective story. I, I remember yeah. they, they they did the same thing with when Tony's saying last episode, he's like, "What am I going to tell the guys?" You know, like they made it seem like what the fuck did he do? But it was really right. about I don't even remember what it was about now, <laughs> but nothing important. Really. Yeah, totally. Oh, the uh, the panic attack. That's you know right. Um, um, they weren't as bad as Mad Men. Mad Men would like show like a, a shot of someone answering the phone and make it look like it was like this devastating scene, and then it was just someone answering a phone. You well, know? theirs were terrible because it was like so many things like so out of context, like they could literally mean anything. Yeah. So it would just be it would just be like I'm back, yeah. and and then and then like cut like literally the cuts were that fast would be like I'm back, and then it would be someone like looking up from a phone call and like with like wide eyes, right. and then and then cut to someone being like i already told him that you know and like and then you're just like what's, what's going gonna, on yeah. you know this <laughs> could mean anything nothing yeah. yeah and then like someone kissing and then like an ass and then like mad men you know like <laughs> <laughs> cigarettes <Yep. laughs> um i think that we got it i think we got it we i slam mean dunked the shit out of this episode yeah i'd I'm, like to thank everybody mm-hmm, at home <laughs> listening yep for all of your gratitude. <laughs> I want to thank Alex hanging out over here. Let us know what's going on in the world. The New York Times. I'm Doing sure you got, job, yeah. you got a lot done over there. Um, so let's do some questions. Um, we have a lot. I, we like we didn't answer last week. Yeah, we, we missed a couple last times. So we have some. Uh, we have. We'll do a little a little quick mailbag here with a, with a bunch of questions. Do you ever, did you ever watch Mail Call with Arlie Erming on the History Channel back in the day? I have not, but I will. I will rent the VHS tonight yes. and watch all of them. Pretty sure it's going to be one of those six VHS like Ken Burns Civil War things. I have plenty of room on my, on my VHS shelf. You know where the where the where the cover is like spread out over all the yep. spines of the tapes. <laughs> oh, oh, I do. That's my shit <laughs> right there. Um, so this comes from uh, Mintberry Crunch. Does Tony's accent that changes between season five and six annoy you? Towards the end, he sounds like a mobster in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. Is that something you notice? Do you care? I do a little bit, but I think it's part of him getting fatter. Yeah, that's kind of what, what I... That's what I always interpreted it as. Like, he has more of like a... Like, I can't like his really... nose doesn't work properly anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the heavy know? breathing gets a lot worse. And uh, I think... I, but I do think that's part of what it is. Yeah, and look, um, Mintberry fucking... Crunch, Mid- crunch. Mid- yeah. Midbury crunch he's at uh at Justin Minor eighty one. So he's this guy's eighty one years old. Isn't that crazy? This fucking Mintberry eighty one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I bet you sound different from when you were sixty one. 
All right. Probably. Yeah, true. So there you go. True. Did they let you retire upstate? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question. Uh, this is from PJ Maybe uh, at Treacherous Jock. Okay. Um, Sopranos is the only show that ever held my attention. I am now on my third rewatch, but can't get through even one season of most other shows. Why? Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the, um, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Help this guy out. <laughs> Can you take this one? Uh, Fuck. I'm going to say simple. It's James Gandolfini. Okay. I think that's it. I mean, aside from the writing and everything, he uh, he makes it very real and it's just like, it's easy to watch. And um, So this guy is going to have to watch all alternate between watching Sopranos and Get Shorty for the and, rest and, of his and life. True romance. <laughs> just only watch. And Gandolfini. enough said. Enough said. Don't forget about enough said. And, uh, yeah. But I think I think it really comes down to that. I think that like um, it's him. It's it's and it's the writing, obviously. But there's no like dumb monologues where someone's like, that was the night I became Tony Soprano, like the real night I knew who I was, <laughs> or anything like that. You know, like you, you it's just, just very like, realistic. You just shed so much light on how bad this show could have been. Honestly, yeah. like imagine it was like I knew that I should have been in the mob, or you know, like just some stupid bullshit. Like they never did that. He has he obviously has like long lines of dialogue in Melfi's office, but like for the most part, um, it was quite realistic. Yeah, and there's, and there's no music, which I think also helps too. Yeah, it sure. Makes, it just makes it feel I, different. I, I want clarity on this because I want to know if you feel like you can keep up with our podcast or if you're just like dipping in to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, do you like movies? So f- let's follow up with that. Well, this isn't Kringleberry Crunch. Who's this? Uh, I've already, uh, I've, I've moved on. You've asked out? <laughs> <laughs> PJ something. <laughs> All right, PJ, let us, let, let us know. Let well, us know. I feel like not to get into this too much but like it did nothing was really the same after for me and like even movies i'm kind of like eh. i'd rather watch like a whole season of good tv and honestly most seasons of tv still don't even mad men's the the only thing that i think came close along with the wire of course yeah the wire was really good i i I would say check out the wire i mean if you like if you tag team the wire and mad men it's like the same effect as watching the sopranos it pretty much is yeah so maybe try that out yeah i don't know and then when you have some time throw deadwood in deadwood was another great one and um and also just enjoy your life not watching so much fucking tv yeah i would just turn it off yeah <laughs> and <laughs> come to think just, of it yeah it's it's much much better yeah um and also someone have you watched we've been asked a couple times now have you watched any of the new twin peaks no i haven't either yet but i will say cosmo the ass man keeps writing into us and i just love saying that that twitter name out loud it's <laughs> a great twitter uh, name. <laughs> um, he's done some great photoshops for us too cosmo i haven't seen it yet i'm i'm, I'm building I'm, I'm letting it build up on the uh the old the not not the DVR I guess but so you want to let it go until so it's like you just touch it and then like mm-hmm, you know like explodes, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm rewatching all the original episodes first so it's gonna take me another 400 years here's basically my, yeah here's my advice for that watch season one watch the first 13 episodes of season two Jesus Christ skip right to the finale honestly okay that's that's the way to do it here we I, go the, like the second half of season two once 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 they once David Lynch took a hands-off approach, it just wasn't the same. That's all I'll say. All right, all right. Um, this comes from a friend of the pod who writes in a lot, at Wally Palnuts. The, cha- the, the chaser, as in David Chase, teased a potential <laughs> interest in a Sopranos prequel. Even though he obviously wouldn't do it, I think it's a bad idea. What about you? How do you feel about a Sopranos prequel? Bad idea. Yeah. Again, because for one, there's no Gandolfini. And yeah. two, you know, what made the show was the, the the psych aspect of it, the fact that it felt so modern. And we don't need another fucking show with like, or, or movie with like doo-wop in the background yeah. and dudes like breaking knees with baseball bats while like Nixon's getting impeached. You know what I mean? Right. Like we've had, like stop making that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I guess he could find... Unless it's like some La Cosa Nostra, like way like a hundred years ago, shit. That would be cool. <laughs> that I'm down with. He's had this project on the doc on the docket for a long time now, called uh, Ribbon of Dreams. That was about the early days of filmmaking and how there was a lot of kind of gangster ish people involved. And so, like, yeah. that would be kind of interesting to, interesting to me. But like, following Johnny Boy Soprano and Junior, like we know what happens to them, which I think kind of takes away some of the the fun the right. suspense right totally um 
So I just don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's the same without Tony and Melfi. Not that I don't trust David Chase to write something good. Yeah, it could be incredible, but like I'm I'm I also think that the like the location and the time yeah. when the Sopranos took place was such a tool for the chaser. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and like I I'm not really interested in like nineteen fifties Newark. I'm, I'm not much either. more interested in like nineties hundreds new work yeah you know i want to see these guys with cell phones just figuring out technology and complaining yeah. about it that's like part of the fun there was a know? great twitter account for a while that i i don't know what happened to called 80s don draper which was great oh yes and it was yes. it was pretty as a good uh anyway yeah <laughs> like the modern seinfeld thing kind of yeah so yeah i mean if he did it of course i would watch and then we'd probably do a podcast about it yeah. <laughs> but begrudgingly is all i'm there saying there's another four years of my life yeah um uh, so this comes from at AJ Rabioli, who is obsessed with strangely flavored potato chips recently. Opinions? Do you like a hipster chipster? A burger flavor? What's a catsup? Catsup, as he says, actually. What's your favorite hipster huh. potato chip? I, uh, you know, I had an, interest- an, an interesting experience this weekend. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. making Pringles with sea salt and vinegar flavor. How fucked up is that? Well, why? Pringles are supposed to be like the fucking like space age nothing food that they like invented that awful sour cream and onion that is so good. Oh, yeah. It tastes nothing like sour cream and onion. And it's like all over your fingers. It's yeah. like a and it's real like, it's cheesy like kind of. You look at it and your eyes burn a little bit, <laughs> yes. you know? And like, I, and someone brought those to a barbecue I was at this weekend and I was like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? <laughs> Wait, they brought what? The, uh, the, the, the sea, sea salt, salt and vinegar. vinegar Pringles. I was like, first of all, if you're going to bring some Pringles, bring the real shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Classic is the, is the way to go, I think, with Pringles. Classic. It's classic I'm super down with, but the mm-hmm. salt and vinegar, I was like, this is not, this makes no sense. Like, I can't compute this. Yeah. But, um, you know, I got to say, I, I'm a little bit of both. You know, I'm very, very happy with a Dorito, like a nacho cheesier or a cooler ranch Dorito. Of course. I like how those flavors are always like the one-upsmanship and those flavors are great. It's always nacho cheesier and cooler ranch. But it used to just be cool ranch when we were kids in the 90s. Am I just making this up then? No, I think it is cooler ranch now, yeah. But I thought, I I mean, I I don't know. Oh, so they they were like, yo, we're we're kicking it up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, for the new millennium. Yeah, but I'm also really down with like the random new kettle chips. I am too. Maple bacon is great. Ah, fuck. Buffalo Blue That's is about great. as hip- hipstery as you get, the maple bacon. Well, there's there's a Moscow Mule flavor now, ah, which fuck is... That. I can't... I, I guess that's I like a gingery, limey flavor. I don't even really know, but that it's, I haven't tried. Stupid. Um, I also like a good Cape Cod regular chip, personally. Oh. Dude, that's kind of the Cape, way to go. Cape Cod chips are great, but also we can't. We don't. They don't really sell these in New York. Crab chips. Those also good. Yes, definitely. Super. Bo- I could. I could eat it like four thousand of those things. Yeah, we'll have to go down to Baltimore and get that stuff. Let's go now. <laughs> All right, let's uh, fucking leave. I also like. You know, you can't sleep on a good tortilla chip with some dip. No, that's all I'm saying. Definitely not. Uh, also, a ruffle. I like a ruffle. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna throw that in. And all, honestly, <laughs> most chips were well, just. Down I with guess them. we love all chips. <laughs> yeah. Is what it comes down to. You know what I last week was a Cheeto. You ever had a Cheeto in your adult life? Mm, it's, it's been a long time. I think it's been ten years since I've had a Cheeto. They're great. Yeah. They're they really good. Yeah. And good Fucking for you. Chester, man. He knows his his, his <laughs> cheese-flavored snacks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, last one. This one comes from at Luke UID Swords. I don't even know how to pronounce that. I'm sorry, the man. UID, isn't that that thing you get in your, your, your urethra? Yeah, he has a picture of a dick. <laughs> and that's it. That's the question. No, I'm just... Cool. <laughs> um, this, is, uh, this is appropriate for next week's episode more, maybe, but what was the last dream you had? Oh, shit. Wait, I had a really good... Oh, dude! I had a dream. Seriously, I was, I was, I was, in, I was out of town last weekend at a family reunion of my girlfriend's family, mm-hmm. and I had a dream that Spain and like three other countries in Europe declared war on us. Mm. And Donald Trump was like, I don't know. You know? <laughs> and I was like, I woke up and I was like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> and then I read the news and I was like, oh, it's like- no, That didn't happen. That didn't happen, but other- shit happened <laughs> anyway uh that's all i'm gonna say about that yeah i uh i'm you know this is why i was gonna say it's, it's good for next week actually but i was also traveling last weekend staying in a hotel 
and uh, which and you dream it. You're a hotel dreamer. We've talked about this. I am. Yeah. And I had a weird nightmare where I was I was staying in some other house and I was this this is going to be so boring. But I had one of those dreams where like someone was chasing me and actually woke myself up because I was screaming in my sleep. <laughs> like, <laughs> like someone was like coming from a weird thing underground chasing me and I like heard myself screaming and then. Uh, my girlfriend was like, I woke myself up and then she was like, what the hell is going on? And it was just one of those, like, I never like, had that never happens to me, but we're going to a wedding and it's freaking me out. I never want to go to one ever yeah. again. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, but, that sounds nuts. Yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah. It was like, I could hear that I was screaming in the room and, uh, and then kind of like got myself out of it that way. Did you have your own room? Uh, no, I was just, she makes me sleep under the bed. So, um, <laughs> good reason, yeah. apparently. But I also, I think we've mentioned it on the show before, but I, I did have a dream one time that you were very mad at me because I was dog sitting for your dog and I didn't right. do a good job. And, um, right. So well, that, that was that, one of my worst nightmares. I think that you're, I think that you're like a little, you have a little dog PTSD because, like, because, because Brendan babysat my dog once. That's right. Babysat my yep. dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and like a day later, like, like she had like a little foot thing. Yep. Her foot was sore or something like that. I, I'm actually traumatized. And I that. totally confronted Brendan. I was like, what did you do? And, <laughs> and he was terrified. And then I was like, just kidding. It happened after we got her back. But like <laughs> Brendan like was like, oh, I don't know. It was <laughs> I'm scary. so sorry. It was very scary. <laughs> She's a beautiful like angelic creature how could you do that (laughs) (laughs) she is true uh all right that's all i got that wraps it up for cold cuts um we'll be back next week to talk about i love the test dream it's a good one it's a great episode and like maybe we should do like a six-parter for this one yeah i think for sure this is gonna be a long one yeah um so clear your sunday because we're we're coming into your ear holes with our butts. <laughs> we're we're, I don't know. we're coming somewhere. Yeah, we're definitely coming somewhere. <laughs> uh, so as always, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Tell a friend. Scream it from the rooftops. Scream it in someone's face. Announce it on the subway. Get up on your restaurant table and scream about it, but pay the bill first. Good. Put it in your email signature. Take out a Craigslist ad. That's Talk right. to the ad man and buy some ad time uh, on the subway. Put it in your AIM profile. Do some skywriting. Put it in Sky Mall magazine. Uh, you got to get an advertisement on the jetway when you get off next to all those things about HSBC investments and like random corporate firewalls. <laughs> so uh, along the like the the, the, mo- the moving sidewalk thing in the airports? Y- no, no, no. Before that, when you're actually getting off the plane, okay, like okay. when you get off an international flight, they hit you right away. <laughs> there you so, go. Like that's how we're going to get all the listeners. You know? <laughs> Perfect. So that's the next thing. And then after that, um, buy some Pornhub ad space. Yes, just definitely. like 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 we're all about mobile pop ups. <laughs> you know, that's our favorite. <laughs> yeah, in definitely. fact, like ninety six percent of our listener base we got from just like really annoying mobile pop ups, and <laughs> they just got stuck they listening just, to us. Yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They didn't choose, but but here they are. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a company right. called Wanna Cry that helped us out with <laughs> getting our listeners. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> all right, that is it for now. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. The snow fucking ZT. Bye.